Remember, like, comment, subscribe, download, and leave a rating today. You can follow this podcast on all social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also send emails to localneighborhoodbaby at gmail.com with all your thoughts and comments on each episode. Don't forget, you can make a monthly contribution and become a supporter of this podcast by going to anchor.fm slash localneighborhoodbaby. Your monthly contribution will help towards improving the quality of each podcast episode and the production. Thank you so much for your support. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stress, Depressed, and Anxious with your hostie, aka Local Neighborhood Baby. So today, I just want to start off by thanking all of you for your support. Uh, I was able to go ahead and purchase a new mic, which I am recording on now. So hopefully you notice a difference in the sound quality of these episodes moving forward. And they're only get better as time goes along. So again, thank you so much. You guys are amazing and I love you all. And all I want to do is continue to improve the quality of this podcast and also make good content for you. So please, you know, send me your opinions, your questions, your concerns, your suggestions. Um, By following my socials, you can DM me on Twitter, on Instagram, and also, of course, you can send me an email and I will gladly read through them and respond. So thank you again so much. And without further ado, let's get into today's topic. All the friends I've had before. It's so hard to talk about this because right off the bat, it starts me and careens me down this path of like guilt and shame because with every ended friendship, I always feel somehow, some way that it was my fault or it's I was just not good enough or something was wrong with me. I really don't have a lot of, of continuous friendships. Unfortunately, you guys are, you know, among the long term of friends that I've had. Um, and the thing is, it's just that like, I, I always just immediately think that it's my fault and I've always, you know, kind of anytime a friendship has ended, I've always just, just somehow blame everything on myself, but I don't think that I've gone back and analyzed ever this, the beginning, middle and end of some of these friendships dating back to my earliest friendships that I can remember. I have never fully analyzed it. So, um, that's what this episode is about. It's about all the friends that I've had before. Um, and this is to all the friends that I've had before, (laughs) because you know what, if any of you are listening, um, Maybe you can send me an email, send me a tweet, send me an Instagram DM, something, and tell me your side of the story and what you think. But regardless, um, 
I'm just going to be going through these relationships with you guys. And I'd love to hear, again, your feedback, because I think that's important, because all of this is just my own rationalization. And I'm going to explain to you guys every single story as much as I can remember, because I'm, again, going back years and years. Um, And I want to hear what you think. So without further ado, let's get into it. So let me start off with giving you guys some history of who I was, um, which is different from who I am today uh, in some ways. So to give you guys a or paint you guys a picture, when I was in elementary school, I was pretty much kind of like that kid that just kind of I wasn't to myself. I wasn't like a loner. I was just not interested in fitting in. (laughs) I really wasn't. I went to school and for the entire first year of kindergarten, you know how like kids cry on the first day of school or maybe even like the first week or two, you know, I and then after the first, you know, day or week or two or whatever, they kind of um, acclimate to you know getting up every day and going to school and knowing that their parents are going to leave them there and they stop crying every day because they kind of know what to expect well that wasn't me I am not a well-adjusted person I have never apparently been a well-adjusted person and I'm finding that out as I talk about it (laughs) but um yeah uh I cried the entire year So every day when I went to school, my mom dropped me off to school, uh, to kindergarten. Every single day I wailed like it was the first day of school. I wailed like I didn't know where she was dropping me or what was going to happen or if I was going to get abducted by aliens or if I was never going to see her again. I, you know, cried my little heart out and I genuinely felt devastated it wasn't even something that I did for attention. I can remember. And yeah, um, because I was that kid that cried every single day and had such separation anxiety, my teacher actually took a liking to me. I'm going to name her name because you know what? I only have good things to say about her. And on the off chance that she's listening, which I know that she probably isn't. Um, Her name, which is pretty unique, actually, Miss Tatunjan. I think everybody kind of loves the teachers that they can remember, the earliest teachers that they have, because you kind of build a connection with them. And honestly, your kindergarten teacher, your first grade teacher is essentially like kind of a parent in a way you know what I mean like yes they're your teacher but at the same time at that age the person that can comfort you and make you feel okay and make you feel safe is your teacher and I think that's why a lot of young children connect with their teachers and you know they love them they genuinely love them of course that all changes when you get older but when you're young it's totally different 
my kindergarten teacher happened to be, again, really sweet and really sweet for putting up with a kid like me. Um, I was essentially kind of like a teacher's pet. And again, it's because I think she definitely felt sorry for me. (laughs) She saw how hard it was for me to be adjusted and things like that. So again, she took a liking to me. Miss Tatanjin, thank you so, so much. Not every teacher is like that. Um, And I will always remember how kind she was to me. So anyways, (laughs) while I was in school, um, my mom at the time and my dad, they were pretty well to do. You know, we weren't really super, super rich or anything like that, but they were pretty wealthy. We lived in New Jersey and my mom and dad both worked in New York. My actually, my dad, um, he was in the freight business, so he basically traveled all around the United States. Um, and his central hub was in New York, but like my mom worked in New York, and they again were pretty well to do. I didn't want for anything, I had a nanny, I had people to take care of me, and I had just everything that I needed. And I say all that to say that when I was in kindergarten, when I first came in, I remember my mom would dress me in really fancy clothes. So she would go shopping in New York and buy all these fancy clothes. And I would wear like, like um, furs, which by the way, I know trigger warning, heavy trigger warning for all of those people um, who are anti-fur, which I'm one of. But at the time, to be fair, in the 90s, people weren't well educated about um, that whole thing yet. And if you look back at 90s fashion, you can tell. Um, and so it was really popular at the time. My mom is all about trendy. So I was definitely in fur coats. Um, and I was wearing just fancy, fancy things. And my hair was all done up super fancy. Um So, yeah, that's how she sent me to kindergarten. A lot of the kids thought I was really pretty. They admired the clothes I was wearing, the shoes that I was wearing, and the way my hair was done, my little butterfly clips, whatever I had. Um, And they took a liking to me. They all wanted to be friends with me. And I wasn't really that interested in being friends with everyone. I... I was just kind of like, again, I was to myself, but I wasn't a loner. It wasn't that I didn't want any friends. I liked to play, but I just, I was very discerning from a very young age. And I'm still this way, in a sense, not, maybe not as extreme. I don't know. But I'm still discerning. I'm not the person that's going to walk in a room and be everyone's friend. I kind of take my time, suss people out, and then assess who I want to be friends with and who I don't. I might be okay and kind to everybody as much as possible, but I'm definitely not going to be open and ready to be everyone's friend. And when I was younger, that was no different. I wasn't about playing with everyone. (laughs) I wasn't about, you know being friends with everyone. I would politely decline friendships. And as you can imagine, kindergartners, five-year-olds, six-year-olds maybe, they don't take rejection well. But I did not care (laughs) at all. Not one bit. So let me tell you guys about my first friendship. 
Um, Nia. Her name was Nia. So when I was in kindergarten again, I was just going to school, not like every day I would do my little crying fit. My, you know, teacher would comfort me and would be like just really nice to me and kind to me. I was a really smart kid, not to toot my own horn, but I was like, like tested into the gifted program, you know, and like Miss Attention called my mom and was asking her, you know, if I could be skipped a grade and all that kind of stuff. I was also, just to give you a picture, the smallest little girl in the class, meaning like I was really short and I, you know, just looked like just a little baby. So I looked really young. And I was a little shy too. So my mom decided not to skip me and it will always be something that I hate because I wish I would have finished school sooner. Doesn't everyone wish that? So anyway, it took me quite a while to make friends, but not because people weren't nice to me. It was just because I was taking my time to figure out who I wanted to be friends with. And I had a couple people that I decided to be friends with. Nia was one of them. The rest were mostly boys, interestingly enough. But actually, I think that might have been because at the time I only had one sibling and it was my brother. So I was pretty used to like playing with boys and not in a tomboy way. Just I think I was just used to it. And maybe that's why I gravitated towards, you know, male friendships at that age. Also, I just liked recess a lot, which what kid really doesn't. And the boys were like a lot more fun to me during recess because I like to run around and play tag. And the girls, I think their activities that they like to do more so was like slides and like, you know, swings. But I really, really liked running around. Um, so the boys were really fun. But Nia, I thought she was really cool. I think I liked her because she had really long hair, um, which was really soft. And I also thought that she was smart. And she had this big crayon set that I thought was really beautiful. And I also just liked her vibe. You know, she wasn't too... Her energy wasn't too much, which <laughs> let me explain. If you're an introvert, You'll probably understand what I'm saying about energy. If you've ever been around an extroverted person, you can probably relate to the fact that they suck a lot of energy out of an introvert. They come in the room and they're just really loud and really excited and just moving like what it seems like a thousand miles per hour and you just can't keep up and it seems like exhausting to even try. And a lot of people have that energy and that's okay. And they do really well in the world. But of course, there's a lot of introverts like me. And I just can't hang around an extrovert too long because it's too much energy. I need my downtime. <laughs> and at that age, I was even more introverted than I am now. So I like the fact that she wasn't like this crazy energy. She's a person that like I could have a conversation with, you know, like just a chill conversation that wasn't like so animated and insane. So I decided to be friends with her and we had a pretty good run. 
you know, every day we would play. Um, we would just color together and we would sit next to each other and we'd have lunch and sit across from each other. We'd talk about our lunchables. It was great while it lasted until one day. One fateful day. So one day, my mom went shopping. It was a weekend day, and she brought me back these new clothes. They were really amazing. I think they were pretty Chanel-esque. I don't even know if they were Chanel or not. All I know is that that outfit was amazing. It was very had a very Parisian feel to it. Lots of flounces and a beautiful matching set, black and white, a coat, a dress. Um, and I wore it with, you know, the pantyhose, the black pantyhose, um, like stocking, whatever you call it. And these frilly little socks and also these amazing, beautiful boots. Really beautiful boots. And I also had a hat. It felt like it was lined with fur. It was really soft. Everything just was really put together. Even my bag was not a backpack. It was more like a purse. <laughs> and it was just really bougie and could fit all my stuff. And it was just amazing. So I went to school and I just felt like I looked like really cool, really, you know, pretty. I felt really pretty. And I didn't, I wasn't the kind of kid that like ever even thought about showing off, especially not at that age. Didn't even cross my mind. I didn't even think people were paying attention to me that much. And anytime that they did in that regard, I kind of was just like, what is wrong with people? I would look around. It's like, what, what is wrong with you? Like, well, like, why are you even paying attention to me? Like, that's the kind of kid that I was. That was the kind of personality that I had. So when I thought that I looked pretty and, and beautiful, it was just like, for me, you know, like some people say that they, they wear makeup for themselves. Like it's not about the guy. It's not about like if you like my contour. It's about the fact that I enjoy putting on makeup. Like I was kind of that way. Like it just didn't matter to me what anybody else thought. Like I didn't even care. I didn't even think of my friends. I didn't think of anyone. I just thought that I looked nice. So I went to school. Everyone started like giving me compliments and telling me I look so pretty. Well, Nia got jealous. Or so now I can see. <laughs> now I kind of have a name for it, you know, because I'm older. But when I was younger, I just didn't even understand. So she just didn't seem very receptive to me that day at first. And I'm not a person to, like, beg for attention. So... When she didn't seem that receptive to me and that welcoming and that warm and friendly, then I just kind of went off and did my own thing. Well, at some point during the day, what I what I can remember, we were doing some activity and she came and started to step on my boots, my new boots. And she just had this look on her face like, I hate you. <laughs> Like this jealous sort of like, F you, 
you stupid bitch. Why do you get to wear those boots? And she just started stepping on my foot. And I was like, stop stepping on my foot. In my young mind, I thought that like maybe she was losing her fucking mind and like having an episode and I just needed to tell her to stop so that and she would stop. But of course she didn't. She t- she did it multiple times that day and took her chances like you know anytime the teacher wasn't looking she would do that. And I wasn't the kind of person to again draw a lot of attention to myself. So I wasn't going to be a snitch and go and run and tell Miss Attention even though I love Miss Attention and I definitely trusted her. I gave her a lot of chances, as I often do with a lot of people in my life, in a lot of different circumstances. I gave her tons and tons of chances. Um, And she stepped on my foot maybe five or six times. Like, literally, really stepped on it. Like, not just, like, kind of passing by stepping on it. I mean, like, put her foot on top of mine and press down. And I just took it. I just looked at her and it just said, stop. If I ever have a daughter, I would tell her to slap that bitch right in her face. Just saying. So anyways, I gave her all the chances that I possibly could and more than I should have in my mind. And when she didn't stop, I'm not the kind of person that all of a sudden reacts. I don't just snap and react I take my time about it my revenge is cold that day happened to be the day that we were given scissors and we started practicing cutting out shapes the wrong day to mess with me Nia sat in front of me as she often did She either sat in front of me or beside me. And that day she happened to sit in front of me, which was just her luck. Her hair was in a ponytail. Yeah. I think you know what happened. As I was quietly cutting out shapes, her ponytail was resting on my desk. You know, I thought about all the times that she stepped on my foot and how many chances I gave her. And I hated the way that she tarnished my boots. And I thought she deserved to have that precious, silky little ponytail that went all the way down past her butt to be cut off. So subtle, she didn't even feel it. I swiped my scissors and cut off her ponytail. And in the chaos of that classroom, no one even saw me. Not Miss Tungeon, not any of the other students. And I took her ponytail and I just threw it in the garbage. And no one was the wiser until the end of the day when her mom showed up to pick her up like she did every single day and Nia was missing a lot of hair her mom ranted and raved and Nia 
cried and cried and insisted that she didn't do it. But of course, you're five years old. You were playing with scissors all day. Let's put two and two together. You obviously cut your hair. And she had no clue that it was me and no clue who it was. And her mom was screaming and yelling at her. And I was sitting there watching the whole thing go down with not one ounce of remorse about what I've done because I felt that she deserved it because she kept stepping on my fucking boots. I know. (laughs) I was a savage at five. So she went home and I went home and I didn't tell anyone about anything that happened. But the next day, like a psychotic little bitch, I waited until the afternoon and, you know, I wasn't dressed as fancy as I was the day before. So that day she felt like she could talk to me. She was obviously really sad about her hair, which her mom had tried to obviously cut some way that didn't make it look completely uneven, but it still didn't look good. And when it came time for recess, she wanted to play with me. And I told her on that playground that no I wasn't going to play with her I was going to play with my friend Richie and to top it all off I told her Nia guess what what she said I cut your hair I did it I cut off your ponytail And I threw it in the garbage because you kept stepping on my boots. And if you ever step on my boots ever again, I'll cut off the rest of your hair. And you won't have any hair. And I'm not your friend. Nia, of course, (laughs) ran away crying. And I went off to play. And Nia tried to tell Miss Attention that I was the one that cut off her hair. But the thing is, I was not a likely suspect. I was in no one's phase. I wasn't that kind of kid. I wasn't rambunctious. I was quiet. I was the teacher's pet. I would do anything she's told me to do. I was really soft-spoken. I'm the one who cried every day when my mom dropped me off to school. There was no way that Miss Attention believed that I was the one that cut her hair. And furthermore, like the next day, you just you know come up and say that just weird you know she did take the time to ask me if I cut Nia's hair and I told her no with wet eyes I said no I didn't cut her hair and Mrs. Tunchen looked at me and said it's okay you know I was just asking or something like that I wasn't even afraid that I was going to get caught I didn't even have it in my mind that Miss Attention would ever believe her. But I wanted her to know that it was me that cut off her hair and why. And that's also something that (laughs) is the same with me still today. Is that when someone wrongs me or I feel like someone wronged me, I'm obsessed with them knowing what they did wrong. Because I think of so many times people just don't realize what they did wrong. And they walk around with these narratives that make it seem like they didn't do anything or they didn't understand what happened. And I think when you don't understand what you did wrong, you're so much more likely to do the same thing again. So I just, again, 
I like to tell people when they did. And in the case of Nia, I told her what I did as revenge. Anyway, Nia obviously never looked at me the same. And I obviously told her, you know, I didn't want to be your friend. So we weren't friends anymore. And again, before that, I mean, I want to be clear that we were pretty close friends, best friends, if you will. It was my first friend in school. We skipped around together. We laughed together. We sat in the book circle together and read books beside each other. We talked and played. And then it was all over. Obviously, in that sense, Nia, it may seem in the story that Nia was totally wrong for what she did, stepping on my foot. Of course, I took things to the extreme, too, and cut off her hair. But the thing is, I've watched a lot of kids since then, and I've watched how quickly kids forgive each other. And I just think that for me to have gone to those lengths and had it so set in my heart, in my mind, that I was never, ever going to be her friend again and have carried that out for the rest of the year, even when she tried to talk to me, even when she tried to make up with me, just makes me feel like there was something wrong with me. (laughs) And maybe some of you guys might agree, like what a little psycho bitch. But she was the first friend that I had in school. And Nia, if you're listening, I can't quite say I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't quite say I'm completely sorry. But I will say that I don't think it was right that I cut off your hair. And I probably should have given you another chance. Maybe. But I hope things are going better for you now. And I hope you're not stepping on anyone's feet out of jealousy. Ah, well, let's close the chapter on that one. That's my first friendship in school. That was kindergarten. I'm going to skip the timeline, like time jump completely into middle school because this story took forever and I don't want to record a three hour podcast that you guys will probably get bored of. So I'm going to skip ahead. Like I said, I won't go through all of my elementary school, um, turmoil with these friends but I think that was the most significant story that I could probably tell kind of set the stage for the rest so let's get into it middle school middle school what a crazy time puberty all that crazy shit going on and yes, I hit puberty at a young age. Um, so yeah, <laughs> friendships were interesting. Let's start off with sixth grade. So sixth grade, I had a friend. I'm just going to call her Sunshine. That's not her real name, obviously. I'm just going to call her Sunshine. So... I had moved and I wasn't in the school district where I was when I 
was in elementary school. So I was kind of new to the party because in sixth grade, a lot of the students had gone to elementary school together and they already knew each other and they they were already friends. So I was just kind of like the new kid on the block for all intents and purposes. So my class was made up of a lot of people. The classroom was pretty, at first, like the first couple of days of school, like the class size was really big, like unnaturally big. And so they decided to divide up the classes. Split them up, if you will. And that was fine and dandy. (laughs) I wanted, and I assessed the room, by the way. Again, I was like the assessor. I assessed the vibe, felt the vibe of the room. And I decided strategically who I wanted to be friends with. I zoned in on Sunshine. I just liked her vibe. It was really hard to describe why um, or what I found cool about her. I just thought that she was, I just liked her vibe. I don't know. Like I can't even give you a true reason. It's just something that I happen to be okay with. So A lot of the other students, some of them, I was like, I hoping that they went into the other class. They were pretty obnoxious and loud and annoying to me. And so I was hoping that they went to the other set of classes and they did. They got put into like, they divided us up into groups, if you will. And these kids got divided up into group B and I was in group A. So most of Sunshine's friends ended up in group B and thankfully for me, she ended up staying in group A, which I was happy about. So I don't even know how Sunshine and I became friends. I can't tell you. I don't remember. I don't remember what sparked our first conversation, but I do remember that we started off on a good note and We pretty much became the best of friends. We had a lot in common. We came from the same kind of backgrounds. We, our parents were of the same religion. (laughs) We just vibed. Sunshine was really cool to me. I had a lot of the same interests as her too. And so again, we just became really best friends. We were pretty bad at that age. I was not rebellious, but I was definitely, I knew too much for my age. Let's just put it at that. (laughs) I had big ideals about what I wanted to be and do. And I liked being bad and not getting caught. Getting away with things and building a street cred was important to me. By the way, pretty affluent neighborhood. (laughs) I just enjoyed the like I don't know like I just thought that I was something that I wasn't basically suffice it to say so yeah I um we were bad together Sunshine got herself into a lot of trouble because she usually got caught when we did whatever we did we would just pretty much like stand up to bullies and like push people around if they mess with us or if they mess with anyone that we happen to think was cool we would steal stuff from classrooms just for the hell of it we would just break rules for the hell of it and get into internal suspension or what they called the behavior management program where you just have to sit in a cold classroom all day and pretty much not talk and not do anything and put your head down 
and we just built up cred. We called ourselves the badass bitches. Just to give you a clue of how I was at 11 years old. Badass bitches. B-A-B. And we gave it, we kept a running tab on all the troubles that we could get into, ranging from detentions to like writing over and over on the board the same phrase. Remember when teachers used to do that? Anyone old enough to remember? Or, you know, again, <laughs> the behavior management program, which we acronymed BMP, or a phone call home. We gave each offense some points in our little binders and we decided to give each other cred for getting in more trouble mind you was still very very smart and it had a lot of potential which is what the teachers like to say and when i did my work which i often did i did really well but i was also just obsessed with being bad (laughs) like a fucking michael jackson song like why did i why i don't know anyways sunshine and i were inseparable we actually had another friend which i will call mooney keep it on theme mooney was in group b but somehow we became friends. I think we had an elective together and we became friends. I don't remember anything beyond that. Or maybe it wasn't an elective. Maybe it was just in the morning before classes start. We would play around. Like we would just run around doing stupid shit as middle schoolers do. And I think I just ran into this girl and just became her friend and introduced her to Sunshine. And we all became friends, pretty much best friends. So she was part of the badass bitches too. But this is really about Sunshine and I. So one thing about Sunshine was I think that she was a lot braver than I was. She didn't let anyone fuck with her. She wasn't afraid to get in trouble. She wasn't afraid of anything. Or so it seemed. Or so it seemed. And when I say she was braver than I was, what I mean is just that, like, she wasn't afraid to get in trouble with her parents. You know, like, I would do so much, and I would get into the VMP program all the time, but I always got away scot-free in terms of teachers calling my parents and doing all that extra shit. I don't even know why. They just weren't down to tell my parents like what I did I just kind of got away with it and I think it was like my innocent face my little baby face you know and they just kind of like never really looked at me the way that I think that I wanted to be looked at which was like damn like I need to call your parents like it was just never that I think they just thought that I needed a little slap on the wrist and that's about it But Sunshine didn't fit into that category. (laughs) She didn't have my soft baby features. So it didn't matter to her. She just, you know, she got phone calls home and and got in trouble at home and all those kind of things. And, you know, I just felt like she was so brave and so cool and like the best. But then there were boys. Boys, boys, boys. 
I wasn't even interested in boys at that age. I lied about the fact that I knew a whole bunch of shit, or actually that it, I experienced a whole bunch of shit, I should say, because I was a bookworm, and I read books that were far beyond my age group. I read books that you would be reading, you know, as an old woman who loves romance novels. I knew things about relationships and all that because I read so many fucking romance novels and I just I had all these references you know and I just kind of upped my cred by saying that I knew everything so she thought I was cool in that way too but as far as my interest in boys, like, I just didn't give a fuck. You know, like, I wasn't really that into it. I remember there was one boy that I was crushing on. I thought he was cute. And his name was, I'll call him K. We both thought K was really cute. He was an eighth grader. Older men are always a theme. So anyway, let's, let's get down to the nitty gritty. I feel like I'm dragging this out. Moral of the story with Sunshine is that when it came to boys, she wasn't so unafraid. And because I didn't really like anyone that much, I appeared to be unafraid. You know, I just didn't have a crush on anyone. So nothing was a big deal for me. So I would talk to boys all the time. And she just didn't have that kind of courage because she actually did like people and got nervous like a normal girl. So anyways, one day... The boy she liked, which she didn't really tell me that she liked, even though she's my best fucking friend, she kept it to herself, asked me out. Yeah. He asked me out, which at 11 years old I thought was gross. I didn't tell anyone I thought it was gross. But personally, on the inside, I thought it was gross. I was like, ugh, gross fuck does he mean asking me out asking me to be his girlfriend Ugh, gag me i don't care about being anyone's girlfriend i little kim was my fucking idol <laughs> is anybody a 90s kid little kim with her fucking pasty nipple talking about how if she was a dude she'd tell other dudes to suck her dick Just having that whole crew of guys following her around like she was some fucking gangster queen. That was my idol. I wanted to dress like her. I wanted to be like her for the sole purpose that I knew that all although all these guys wanted me. I am an independent bitch. I run the show. I get money, <laughs> which is funny for an 11-year-old to even think about. But the whole concept behind it was just that, like, I loved feminism and, like, woman power. And I just thought at 11 that, like, that couldn't be wrapped up with silly contrived things like being somebody's girlfriend. I couldn't belong to anyone. I didn't want to. I thought it was gross. So when he asked me to be his girlfriend, I almost threw up in my mouth. Disgusting. How dare you? You fucking peasant. 
And the first thing I did was run and go tell my best fucking friend, of course. Like, are you kidding me? Like, can you believe, and we'll call him Jay. Can you believe Jay asked me out? Yeah. He stood in front of me with his chest puffed out. And he looked like he was going to fucking, like, win an Oscar. Like, he knew I was going to say yes. Just because a lot of girls liked him. Like, I was some fucking prize. You know what I told him? I told him, fuck, no. No. I I don't want to be your girlfriend. I'm not interested. I was telling all this to Sunshine, and her reaction was not what I expected. I thought she was going to be like, yeah, fuck him, you know? What the hell the fuck does he think he is? Or at the very least, be like, what? Whoa, that's crazy. But she kind of just stared at me looking devastated and i didn't understand so i asked her like what was up and she just stalked away from me and she didn't talk to me for the rest of the day and i felt gutted usually i don't care when people don't talk to me but this was like my best friend seriously my best friend i felt really close to her i grew really close to her i didn't know what i did wrong and that really bothered me I went home and I had one of my worst days up to that point. (laughs) I lost my friend and I didn't know what I did wrong and I cried. Or I felt like I was going to (laughs) cry. It was just, it sucked all around. And when I went to school the next day, I couldn't take it. So in our little science class, I asked her, hey, Sunny. What's up? What did I do? I don't understand why you're not talking to me. Yeah, I put my pride to the side and I asked her why she was giving me the silent treatment. And she told me that it was because of a fucking boy who asked me out, who I told no. And I get it. She was also 11 and she was also immature. And it's not like I was the most mature person, but when it came to this particular thing, I guess I was just a little bit more mature. And I looked at her like she had two heads. Like, bitch, are you serious? You're not talking to me because of this disgusting, gross, sweaty boy who I don't even fucking like. You're upset with me because he likes me, something that's completely out of my control. Anyway, we got past it. We talked again, like we like she stopped giving me the silent treatment and we moved on with the school year and we were still friends. But the thing was, I never felt as close to her as I did before that moment. And I don't think that she's felt as close to me as she did before that moment, even knowing that he liked me. And by the way, he continued to try to talk to me and pursue me because I was one of the very few girls that had told him no. That didn't sit well with her. And it took a, it took a toll on our friendship. And ultimately, it wasn't like a big break. It was just the fact that her parents moved at the end of the year. And she told me about it, and I was obviously gutted. But at the same time, 
I was like, kind of okay. I still keep touch with her once in a blue fucking moon. And I mean, blue, blue, blue moon. I might get a message from her or she might get a message from me and I might just be like, hey, hope you're okay. And she's like, hey, hope you're you're okay. And she went on to be great and kind of, you know, she went to college and, you know, she became a total sorority girl. And I don't even know what she's doing professionally, but she seems to be living a good life. You know, if, if her Instagram stories are any indication or pictures are any indication, but that's neither here nor there. Even though we remained friends until the end of that year, our friendship was over by the time the boy came into the picture. I always thought that somehow it was my fault. Maybe I I should have paid more attention. I should have noticed that he liked her. I should have I should have been you know, I shouldn't have told her what he said. I I should have noticed even though she didn't say anything. She's my best fucking friend. I should have known. I don't know if I'm at fault or not, you know, but I did lose a friend. And again, even though we kept it, keep in touch every once in a blue moon, I know things would have been different if that moment had never happened. I can't tell you how I know. I just fucking know. So in my mind, I lost a friend. And honestly, we could have reconnected many times over the years, but we just didn't, you know? I don't think that she had any interest in reconnecting a friendship with me. Not a close one. Not anyone that went beyond, like, a message to say, hey, hope you're cool. So, yeah, the friendship was over. And we're going to move on to year seven. And eight. I'm going to combine them because, again, I don't want to record a three-hour episode that you might not be engaged with. So we're going to combine your seven and eight when I was 12 and 13. And I'm going to tell you about the, those friendships. The infamous flower. I'm going to call this chick flower. Man, what a fucking bitch. Another year, another best friend. This girl, her aura, her vibe, I did not like. I thought she was a bitch. Immediately. Vibe, check, she's a bitch. Flower, more like a fucking thorn in my side. Still, somehow, some way, we got past the fact that I thought she was a complete fucking bitch and that I didn't like her. And by the way, she didn't really like me either. She told me after we became friends that she didn't like me at first. I got that vibe, though. But after we became friends, which I don't even know how we became friends, I do know that we had most of our classes together. After we started talking and developed this friendship, everything was... Kind of okay. This girl was dramatic as fuck. She always had a million things going on. She was boy fucking crazy. Speaking of boys, she always had so much going on in her life. Like everything was happening all the time. And at the time, seventh grade is fraught with drama. I don't know if anybody remembers seventh grade or even eighth grade, but I will say seventh grade in particular fraught with drama. Seventh grade is insane. 
It's Mean Girls-esque. And I think that's what I liked about our, our friendship was that we got to be mean to other people. We weren't bullies. But we were like, I don't know. It wasn't like we were the most popular girls in school, but we were just like the kind of girls that you just can't mess with. And I don't know. I, I can't describe us. All I know is that it does remind me of the movie Mean Girls. Okay. So anyways, the thing with me was that I wasn't a violent person and I'm still not a violent person, but you can bet your bottom dollar that I knew how to fight. If I was going to say something about someone and I was going to call someone out for whatever reason, I did it and I did it with no regrets. And on top of that, like if they wanted to like try to rip my hair out, I could hold my ground. Okay. And I knew that. I knew that I could hold my ground, whether it was with a boy or a girl. I didn't bother to mess with anyone that I couldn't hold my ground with, you know? And even if I had, I wouldn't be scared. I wouldn't back down because I said what I said. And it's still kind of me today. Like, I said what I said. I will fucking say it. So, this girl, by comparison, yeah, she would walk around with me and she would say all manner of shit about people. She was just fucking regina george type of bitch like hi cute shirt gross yeah right she looks disgusting that's what she would say about people and of course when you're like that people happen to overhear that you were talking shit about them they are hormonal and want to fucking rip your hair out so there was many a situation where a bitch would come up to her and be like did you were you talking shit about me were you saying this or that? Were you trying to talk to my boyfriend? That would have all been fine. That would have been her problem, you know? But the thing was, we were together so much. We walked around together so much. We were so inseparable. She started telling people that we were even cousins. She was like, she was like, she's my cousin. Like people would even ask, like, are you guys related? We're just so close. You know what I mean? And 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 she would tell people, some people that like we were cousins. I never, you know, corrected that. And we were just like best friends. So naturally, I think people assume that if they wanted to pull this bitch's hair out, that I would somehow be involved. So there you have it. Therein lies the problem. People would start coming up to me out of nowhere. I would be minding my own merry fucking business. And a girl group would come up to me and say, start talking to me like I was fucking her. They would be like, Flower said this and this and this and this and that and meet me after school so I could fucking rip your hair out. And here's the thing. I hated that because I did not say those things. Flower said those things. If you can't find her to confront her, then don't come and confront me. We're not one in the same. But again, like I don't like people coming up to me all confrontational like either. I feel disrespected. So I had to stand my ground and I would stand my ground and I'd be like, no, you're not going to fucking do anything. You're not going to rip my hair out because you're going to regret the day, the, you know, the real day that you ever even fucking thought about coming up to me in this manner. Like, we're going to settle this after school. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to settle this after school. And the thing is, we would. And I would end up winning. 
because I had a lot of rage because I was an angry child. <laughs> Internally inside, I was angry, which we could explore at another podcast episode. I had a lot going on at home. Okay. So if you wanted to fight me at that time, we had plenty, I'd plenty rage mustered up on the inside. Okay. So people would end up getting scared to fight flower or confront her or whatever, because they thought that I would somehow be involved and people were scared of me. So it did two things. It benefited Flower because obviously people were scared, but it also made people like, again, lump us together and bold girls <laughs> would try to come up to me and start shit. You know what I mean? Like it would, it was just exhausting because Flower never stopped talking shit about people. She never stopped trying to start stuff. And the thing was, she would always let me in. She would literally say me and my best friend are going to like beat you up you know what I mean like me and my best friend both think that you're ugly me and my best friend both both think that your boyfriend made a mistake being with you me and my best friend everything was me and my best friend and I didn't say any of those things and I didn't think any of those things you know so it just got to be too much. It was too much fucking drama. I was still friends with her in eighth grade. Same deal. So much drama. And on top of that, like when I had other friends, she would start drama with them. I got into so much shit because of her. And she started so many rumors about stupid shit. And I just had enough. She was also, did I mention, kind of a bitch. So was I. I just want to make that clear. But still. By the end of eighth grade, our friendship was over. And it was over because I did not want to be your friend anymore. I didn't want any more drama. I didn't want to deal with her shit. But we were so close. We were really good friends. We had a lot of fun together. We had a blast together. I had fun talking shit with her about whatever came to mind sometimes. And like, yeah. But it all came to a head when she started talking shit about me with other friends. Because in eighth grade, we didn't have all the our classes together. We had only some classes together, pretty much our elective classes. We would see each other in the hall and trade notes and things like that. But she had classes with other people. And I would hear from other people that she was talking shit about me. And I know the kind of stuff that she would say about other people. So I can, I could believe a lot of that. And when I would ask her about it, her responses, like, of course, she would say no, that she didn't say those things. But I could tell you know, body language, just knowing about a person, whatever, that she did say those things. And they were offensive. And I just, I had enough of her shit. So by the end of the year, we got into it. And normally where we would have made up, I just stopped talking to her. In high school, she did contact me. We went to different high schools 
And um, she did call me and she contacted me, but I really didn't keep in touch with her. I didn't really want much to do with her. And honestly, like we weren't going to be hanging out a lot. She lived pretty far from me, what I considered far from me being in high school. And like she went to a whole different school and it just, I just had no interest in keeping up a friendship with her. And on top of that, like over the years, um, there was a point probably a year or two ago where she was just saying like, we should meet up and we should get coffee and we should like hang out together. And I was like, nah, out. No, I think I said yes. I said yes. And I totally flaked on her. <laughs> she was pissed at me and she like unfriended me on Facebook. <laughs> Big fucking whoop. And um, that was that. So that was that friendship. And it was over. And I had another best friendship, which I'll get into, you know, a little bit. Um, in middle school, I'll call her the 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 ballet dancer i had a friendship me the ballet dancer and one other girl that i'll d- call l me the ballet dancer and l were all friends together and basically that friendship ended because the ballet dancer just became totally full of herself by the time we got into high school and so i just stopped talking to her and then after college like we kind of reconnected again like mostly through social media but she became one of those people that were like positive about everything all the time and like was all about aligning her chakras and like meditating and like thinking positive thoughts and like i'm not that girl if i feel like shit today obviously for those of you that follow me on twitter sd underscore anxious you will know that if i feel like shit i will post that i feel like shit i'll post a meme about depression i'll post a meme about anxiety because that's how the fuck i'm feeling and i'm not gonna make apologies for it and she was always that bitch commenting under my post about how i should be more positive and i'm not saying that you can't be positive but all i am saying is that what's wrong with like expressing the way that you fucking feel at the moment isn't that the question that facebook asks like what's happening like what how how are you feeling what's happening what's going on like isn't that what you what your status is all about what are you feeling thinking watching eating where are you i was just saying that you know i was saying how i was feeling and what's so wrong Anyway, she hated that, and I guess it it disturbed her to see, you know, some of my posts, so she just unfriended me because I wasn't positive enough, and honestly, who gives a fuck? But that's just another friendship that I had before, and by the way, if any of those friends of mine are listening and you happen to remember all this shit and you know that it's you... I don't know that it, whose fault it really was. I just am telling these stories and hoping that people will actually engage and listen to this podcast and tell me if I was completely, totally off base and totally wrong. High school. I had another friendship. Best friendship, quote unquote. Now, if any of the other ones weren't my fault, this one, I will say it was. For the sole fact that I feel like I totally corrupted this girl. Coming into high school, I was just riding off the wave of, like, my middle school shit, you know? I wasn't the nicest person. I definitely was not the nicest person. 
a nice person and me were not synonymous. Shocker, right? Yeah. I was kind of a bitch. <laughs> and I wasn't like a bully either. I wasn't like, I didn't bully anyone. I was actually kind of shy and shit like that. But like, I... I was discerning again. It was discerning about friendships, which I still am. And I was uh, sarcastic. Like my humor was sarcastic and cutting and slightly offensive. And I don't know. It just wasn't nice. I wasn't kind. It wasn't like any of those words. I just wasn't. I was an angsty teenager. Anyways, this girl was like made of sunshine and roses and flowers and bows and cute little puppies like this this was that girl <laughs> i will call her the golden girl okay because she had a fucking heart of gold when i met her she was so nice and so kind would hold open doors for everyone would just be so like like this nice nice girl like she was just so sweet and all about doing things for people and going out of her way for people and she was just so malleable and like such a pushover I liked her vibe instantly. <laughs> she was quiet and unassuming, and she had no aspirations to be anything other than what she was, which was a nice, kind-hearted, golden-hearted girl. And I completely corrupted that. <laughs> I came into her life, and I made fun of the fact that she was nice and kind. I thought that she was complete pushover, that she wasn't, like, this boss bitch type, that she was, like, just such a pushover. I have a dominant personality. I don't know if any of you guys can tell. Um, despite my depression, my anxiety, my stress levels, things like that, my personality is still pretty strong. Come off pretty strong. You know? And when it comes to people who I feel are those types, like her, the golden girl, the ones that are like pushovery. I've learned to avoid those people because they only bring out the worst in me, not by any fault of theirs. It's just the fact that like when I come across someone like that and I enter into their lives, I feel like the alpha in me takes over to a certain extent and I just start like pushing them around. If you're a pushover, I am definitely going to push you around. And I know that's negative and I know that I shouldn't, but it just always happens and I can't help myself, you know? So what I've learned to do, you know, being more mature is to avoid those people so I don't become a fucking monster, just like the worst person ever, you know? But at the time, I wasn't that mature. <laughs> I was about 14 years old or 15 years old or something like that. And I was a freshman in high school. And she was such a pushover. And she was so nice and so kind. And I just got off on making fun of her for being that way. And just kind of trying to push her to be more than what she was. I thought, like, stop fucking holding the door for these bitches. I remember saying that to her. Stop fucking holding the door for these bitches. Like, what are you, a peasant? Like, what the fuck? Like, you're just letting people walk all over you. Like, fucking make them hold the door for you walk through it and don't even fucking say thank you like like make people respect you you know what i mean like i just got off on that well that totally backfired for her and for me <laughs> i enjoyed that i enjoyed the whole power dynamic of that right and 
and it was fun while it lasted and and on top of that like we were pretty good friends like we became closer and closer until we became best friends yada 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 right fast forward thing is every year she listened to my advice (laughs) she followed my advice she had no choice but to follow my advice i was a pretty pushy person she followed my advice and every year she became more and more and more of a bitch she was like the lindsay lohan you know, and I was like fucking what, whatever the fuck her name is. Um, shit, now I forget. Regina George. If, you, if you've seen Mean Girls, which I hope that all of you have because called classic. Um, yeah, I was, I was the Regina George of the relationship and she was the Lindsay Lohan. She was like taking notes and like, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. And she went from a sweet girl to a complete bitch i even got i even replicated with her the whole mean girls thing like we wrote by the way if anyone from my high school is listening yeah (laughs) we wrote all this shit about all the people at at school that we wanted to write shit about all these well-known people and we printed off like tons and tons of copies i had her print them off of course and we posted them all over the school yeah we did that thank you hollywood for the idea i had her fucking tape them up (laughs) she fucking did that shit and people found them and it was just like wow wow it wasn't a complete jungle scene like you see in the movie but it was talked about for several weeks and people made fun of people from some of the things that we said and i by the way wrote like 99 percent of it and had her stick up the sheets because i felt that she was dumb enough to do that because if anyone was going to get caught it was going to be her She's going to take the fall because she'd be on camera fucking posting them all over the school. So anyways, yeah, I I goaded her into being a complete bitch and (laughs) she became one year by year, stronger and stronger. She became more and more of a bitch to the point where she tried to use me. And this is where we're going to fast forward more. She tried to use me me her mentor her fucking miyagi she tried to use me when we went on a field trip and i had tons and tons of money and she ran out of money on the first day of the fucking field trip it wasn't really a field trip by the way it was like uh a regional competition for journalist journalism so it was like newspaper club yearbook club any of the clubs that were like centered around journalism would all come together for a regional contest basically in each category and it was just like a huge thing and a huge deal and we were part of the the yearbook team and uh, like whatever anyway we went to um stay at this fancy ass hotel and the first day we went to like a theme park you know and she spent all of her money there but i had like way more money than her so i of course didn't spend all my money and i had so much left over and anyway she told me instead of asking for anything she told me like oh if you don't give me money 
to go and do the things that I'd like to do, then I will go hang out with someone who will and you can hang out by yourself. She had the fucking audacity to even speak to me like this. Like year one, she would have she would have never even dreamed of it. She would have wet her fucking panties to talk to me like that or anything even close to it. But guess what? I turned her into a fucking monstrous bitch. And she said that to me. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, you know? Anyway. She just be- kept becoming more and more of a bitch. And then by the time it was our senior year, the infamous senior year, I was, by the way, already falling into a deep depression. I tried to kill myself that year just to give you an idea of where I was at mentally. And there was this one day in the beginning of the year, like probably around September, where we got into a tiff and she had this problem like saying that she was sorry and stuff and normally I would just start talking to her again and and we would start somehow talking again but I just like stopped talking to her completely like I didn't even attempt to try like I was just like fuck that bitch because it was and by the way it was totally my fault um weeks before that tiff I kept telling her like yeah like if like when we go to college like I don't even because she would ask like oh my gosh like she would talk about like the future and like how you know when we go to college like we'll still be friends and we'll like oh my gosh like we'll be friends forever basically like just talking like talking about us as friends like for the long term and I was just kind of like um sweetie no that's not gonna happen I don't I don't see us being friends beyond high school like after we graduate like I'm sure we'll we'll keep in touch maybe a little bit but then we'll probably fall off like I was just saying that and I was saying it willy-nilly and I wasn't even saying it to hurt her feelings like I was just being honest like the word vomit like it was just coming out of me like I don't even know what possessed me to like say that without any decorum or any (laughs) any like I didn't even think about how she felt and I think when we got into that tiff it was just her like bitch ass way of of like trying to end a friendship with me because she was so offended and hurt by the fact that like I didn't even see a friendship with her beyond high school which was fair I mean I feel like she should have done it in a straight up way like if I was still her bitch coach I would have told her like you should have fucking came to me and been like bitch you know what (laughs) you don't see us being friends beyond high school like why don't we just stop our friendship right now you know well she did it passively aggressively but we stopped being friends and um anyway again I'm a bitch so after high school you know I remember like the first year after college I came home and I saw I looked her up on Facebook because I just wanted to see like where her life was at guys so she got with this guy first of all I didn't like this guy she was with him from high school she got with this guy he was like totally a loser um it was her first boyfriend total fucking loser by the way she became such a whore she even slept with my brother which I was like wow like you're such a fucking disgusting whore ass bitch um (laughs) and she basically like like slept with her first boyfriend again and got into this whole thing with him and then ended up pregnant and had a a daughter and then and then they got into an argument or something like that and she like whipped out a knife and like fucking sliced his arm and went to jail and had a whole mugshot and I found her fucking mugshot and I was like 
I literally t- like took a snip of her mugshot, sent it to her in a Facebook message. By the way, we're not even friends on Facebook. Sent it to her in a Facebook book message, and I was like, "Damn, Africa, what happened?" You know what I mean, girls? <laughs> if you if you get that reference, like if you know, you know. I was like, "Damn, Africa, what happened?" <laughs> because I'm a fucking bitch. And of course, she didn't answer. Um. Because she's a fucking bitch. <laughs> she didn't answer because I'm an asshole and whatever. And uh, yeah, like that was the end of that. Like that was the end of that friendship. And I think that that was totally my fault. Like I think that all of that shit that happened because I have maybe a grandiose sense of self. I don't know. But like, by the way, also just just to also preface all of this too. Show you guys how awful I am. Like her parents that were together, like when when I was in... um when I was in my freshman year and I met her, like her parents were together. They were a lovely couple, whatever. And then uh, like they had been together, obviously all of her life. And then by the time it was like her senior year, like over that summer, her parents split up. And the thing is like my parents were together at that point my entire life. I couldn't even imagine them splitting up. I thought it was just this foreign thing to me. Like I don't understand children of divorce like I don't understand what that is right and I was not the most mature person about that so like she had that whole thing going on and I think her attitude also sort of changed even more so while that whole thing was going on and I just didn't provide any sort of support for her like I didn't give a shit about any of that like I didn't even think about it like I didn't give it one thought she was going through all that shit and like trying to like manage that her mom literally moved to another state, left them with their dad. It was a nasty divorce. They were not nice to each other. And she was going through a lot. And I just was literally not there for her at all. Like, didn't, just didn't even care. Didn't even give it not one second thought. At all whatsoever. So I also want to say that. That that's what was going on with her too. And yeah, I think all of that shit was my fault. I think that like the way that her life careened down that path, um, maybe there were other factors, but I definitely didn't help. I did end up learning my lesson though, guys, because my parents ended up splitting up and I know how that feels. And I couldn't even imagine how it would feel going through that at school with somebody like me as your quote unquote best friend who just doesn't even, there's no support system there. That sucks. So, yeah, that's all the, like, major key friendships that I had, you know, throughout my school years. Beyond that, like, college, ooh, there's this girl, like, another girl that I became best friends with. I don't even want to get into that one because that one's, like, deep. That one's, like, a whole other podcast. Like, I don't think you understand. Like, that girl, literally, like, I will say, like, the first time that we stopped becoming friends is, like, at a point where basically we had been in college together. We were, like, best friends for a very long time. Like, we were talking every day. Like, um, then, like, the summer after our freshman year of college, like, we were talking every day and, like, just, like, super close. Like, really good friends. And she ended up going to ASU and... Um, that was all fine and dandy. Like I was in my second year. She was in her second year. She went to ASU instead. Like she transferred over to ASU, Arizona State University for anybody who doesn't know. 
and all my international listeners. And so she um, was happy to be going there. That was like her dream school or whatever. But then like she just didn't want to live in the dorm. So she moved out into the apartments. And then it got to a point where, I don't know, something happened and she was having trouble paying for the apartments. Like she was struggling to pay for the apartments. So she decided like, she was telling me like, you know what? what I'll do because she was working at CVS at the time part-time and stuff or full-time I think and going to school full-time and she was like you know what I'm just gonna like quit school like start working at the CVS full-time and then that way I'll be able to pay for like more so and like I'll be able to pay for the apartment I can go to pharmacy school I can get my pharmaceutical license maybe um and I don't know I'll just do that and that way I can just stay in the apartment. I was like, well, why don't you just get the fucking dorm? ASU was your dream. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why did you move across the country just to, like, pay for an apartment? You could pay for an apartment anywhere. Like, why don't you just focus on fucking school and stay in the dorm if you have to? And you'll just get through that whole thing, you know? And you could save money. And then eventually you can get an apartment and whatever. Like, why would you do that? Why would you quit school? And she just told me that I was judging her and I came off really judgmental, which by the way, like maybe I did. Like, I don't know. Like, I can be pretty harsh when I talk to people sometimes, especially when it's like, if I think like what you're doing was stupid, like I feel like in the past, like I would come off really harshly to people, you know? So I don't know, maybe I did, but she was like, she felt that I was judgy to her and she just stopped talking to me and like it stopped taking my calls and like just like stopped talking to me completely but the thing was like when she stopped talking to me i was like you know what fuck you fucking bitch like i I was like those guys that like when you reject them they just get all crazy and like start calling you names like i was that like i like after she stopped talking to me, i was like you know what you fucking bitch after everything that we've been through together after everything that we've talked about after all this stuff like you just decide that you're not going to talk to me you're a fucking bitch i fucking hate you i hope you fucking fail at life you stupid fucking fucking bitch <laughs> like i i literally like basically sent her these text messages cursing her the fuck out and then you know of course she blocked me i blocked her and then we just stopped talking and we lost touch for years and years so that's that one <laughs> um there's more one girl that i was friends with for like I want to say like 17 years recently like we stopped being friends because <laughs> i felt like she ruined my birthday should i get into that because i feel like this episode is like becoming too too long i already mentioned it maybe i should just give you guys a brief synopsis so i i was having my birthday i invited her to my birthday she i had never invited her her to one of my birthdays before but i just like we had been talking a lot and she's a close friend of mine usually we weren't living in the same state we happened to be in the same state like you know whatever like she happened to be free like all this stuff it was kismet so i was like come to my birthday this is what i'm doing at this time on this day and i had invited another one of our mutual friends as well we were all in a group chat together we talked about it one day the next day after we talked about it after everybody was like yeah i'll go it's tomorrow at seven okay cool blah 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 the next day she just literally started up the chat in the group chat and was like i'm having a party at this time and it's gonna be like this ice cream party shindig thing and blah blah blah, blah. it's gonna be so exciting like you're you're coming you guys can come this and that whatever i'm gonna have a bunch of people and it was happened to be the same fucking time as my birthday thing like my fucking birthday dinner first of all like and my whole celebration that i was trying to do and i was like 
what the fuck? Like yesterday you said you were coming. Like, what are you talking about? Why are you making plans over my plans? Like, what are you saying? She was like, well, you didn't tell me about your plans until last minute. And I was like, no, 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 no. I have the screenshots of like literally last week mentioning this to you. And like, you didn't really say anything. So I just told you just yesterday, but you agreed to it. And I don't understand why you're trying to make other fucking plans on my fucking birthday. You fucking bitch. And I didn't say you fucking bitch, but I was just like, you know what? In my mind, I was like, you fucking bitch. (laughs) and um she was just like you know what I was affected by the whole COVID thing whatever like I lost my job in the very beginning and like it's just been a big deal for me and blah 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 and I was like okay that's understandable it is what it is but at the same time like the 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 principle of the matter is like you why are you trying to book things over my fucking birthday plans that I told you about and you don't even have the decency to tell me like you know what I can't do that but I'm trying to do this other thing um, and you're more than welcome to come to that. But if you can't, I understand, like, why aren't you being mature about this? Like, why are you just trying to, like, book plans for my plans? Like, who the fuck do you think you are? And I didn't say who the fuck did you think you are or anything like that. But there was just a gist of what I was saying. You know what I mean? Fast forward, we had my birthday. Everything kind of worked itself out. But then during my brunch, I felt like she was just such a bitch. Like, she was just kind of being a bitch. It kind of made shit about her again. And then after that whole thing, like, I don't know. I just didn't talk to her anymore. She didn't, Like, I didn't even bother to talk to her. We haven't talked since, which is unusual for us. I unfriended her on social media because I just don't even, I, I just have, like, like this disconnection kind of, like, ugh, gross feeling about her. And I feel like it would be disingenuous to keep her as a friend even on social media. 17 years down the fucking drain. My fault. Was I insensitive to her situation? Was I, I don't know, was I not understanding? I mean, she was also going through a breakup with her boyfriend at the time. Like, she was also dealing with her mom, who she has a lot of issues with, that was coming to live with her. And she was dealing with her ex, who, you know, just, like, was giving her a hard time. And, like, she was going through a lot. And she didn't have a lot of money. And I was trying to get her to do this thing. You know, like, I don't know. And and if she was being a bitch, maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe she was just having a hard go of it. And I should have tried to stick it out and be her friend. But I, I ended it. I snip-snapped. As I often do. So, guys. Guys, this is just the tip of the iceberg. These were all, like, the quote-unquote best friends, right? Like... I didn't even get into the nitty gritty of just like regular friends. I could do a whole other episode on that. We didn't even talk about like ex exes, like that even tried to maintain friendships with me. And I was just like, I just completely cut them out. Like, like they never even existed. But I think I told you the gist. And to all the friends that I've had before, whether you're listening or you're not, I want to tell you that at varying times in my life, I have been insensitive. I have forced my ideals on other people. I have been just like a shit show of a person. (laughs) I have been just selfish and rude in terms of like that selfishness. 
And I've been pretty difficult to deal with because you know what? Like somebody like me with a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress and a lot of like just depressive symptoms at those varying ages, somebody like me with so much anger inside because I had so much going on at home and so many abusive situations that I haven't even gotten into on this podcast going on. And, and and not trusting you guys completely at all, ever. And not giving you the benefit of the doubt in a lot of situations. And flipping from friend to enemy. Like, if you are not my friend, you're my enemy kind of thing. Like, okay. Like, I'm sorry about all that shit. Like, seriously, I am. I'm sorry about all that shit. Like, I feel like I'm not the easiest person to deal with. Even still now. You know what I mean? But I am trying to grow and I'm trying to learn. And I hope that you guys have found, since me, better friends. And I hope that I can one day become a better friend. You know, like, I feel like now I have some good close friends. And I think that I've, I still, like, have gotten to a point where I know the boundaries. Like, I know the lines that I need to draw in the sand to maintain those friendships. Like, I know that I can't let it get too close, to be quite honest, because I think if it gets too close, it just, like, becomes, like, one of these stories, right? I know just where to keep that, them. (laughs) I know just, it's six feet of distance away. Social distance away yourself. You know, like, I have this, like, like this six feet of distance between me and my friends now that just keeps everything rolling and going good and positive and having fun together without like all the shit that I just described. And maybe, maybe I'm just a walking fucking virus that, that, you know, my friendships need six feet away from. Maybe I'm just too toxic. I don't know. Thing is, To all my friends that I've had before, I'm sorry for the part that I played (laughs) in your life. I think if your life was a movie, I'd definitely be a villain. I'd definitely be somebody who just threw a wrench in your fucking plans and shaped your future in a negative way. I think I would be the antagonist. I think that I would be the fucking asshole. And for that, I'm sorry. And to everyone listening, to all my wonderful, amazing, beautiful listeners, again, I implore you to tell me, tell me what you think. What do you think about the situations that I described? If you need more detail, I feel like I tried to really rush it because I feel like there had so much stuff to get through. But if you need more detail, let me know. I just want to know how you feel. I just want to know how you feel about some of the, the situations that I described. Was I wrong? Was I right? Can you relate, first of all? Do you have your own stories about broken friendships? Or am I the only one with a whole gallery of fucking quote-unquote best friends that I no longer even talk to? Let me know. Send me an email localneighborhoodbaby at gmail.com send me a tweet sd underscore anxious and instagram dm sd anxious find me on my socials tell me if you're listening via anchor you can also send me a voice message but whatever whatever avenue you use tell me 
what you think. I want to know. And I want to hear your own stories about your broken friendships. I want to know because you know what? This happens. This fucking happens. And, and when you suffer from mental health, I think your friendships and relationships also suffer. And unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of a lot of these things, a lot of these relationships, I think, suffered because of the way that I am as a person and some of the mental health issues that I've had as well have contributed big time to the losses of some of these people that that could have been really, I don't know, maybe really good in my life. I don't know. Moral of the story is I want to hear from you guys. Uh, I love you guys. And I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I really hope that for those of you that have ever lost a friendship, a close friendship, a best friend, you're not fucking alone. I have lost them too. I've lost a plethora of them. I felt terrible about it for a long time. And you know what? It is what it is. Life goes on. The show goes on. But I think it's important to reflect on those from time to time and reflect on what happened and the role that you played and try to try to be better. That's my whole thing. I hope that I can be better, you know, hope that I, I mean, I, I learned from it in a sense. Like I told you, like I <laughs> keep six feet of a figurative distance between myself and my friendships, so I don't have to poison the whole thing, you know, and maybe that's just like a temporary bandaid over the real problem who I am but at least it's something right (laughs) let me know anyway I will be recording a special episode with Whitney an amazing singer songwriter so talented and she used to be on vine if anybody remembers vine if you're old enough to remember the app vine when it was big and it was popular um she was really popular on Vine. She, that's how I discovered her. Her voice is fucking amazing. I'll be doing some promos throughout the rest of the week. We're going to record on Sunday. I'll try to have the episode up for you guys by at least Monday. And it's going to be great. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about how it relates to depression. And we're going to have a lot of interesting tidbits to discuss. So I hope that you guys will tune into that. I love all of you so much can't even tell you how much but it's so much i want to wish all of you guys a merry christmas happy hanukkah happy holidays in general whatever it is that you're celebrating or not celebrating happy all of that and also i hope that you guys enjoyed the new audio quality i hope you noticed it and i hope that you enjoyed the fact that you know The audio might be sounding a little bit better this week, this episode, whatever. I'm going to wrap it up now. (laughs) I love you guys so much. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow me. Don't forget to send me your thoughts. I'm wishing you a day, month, week, year free of stress, depression, and anxiety. I love you all and have a good night. Until next time.